This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Sir Ryan of House Terbush, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Tyrion 8 of the Clash of Kings. And in our Maester's study, we will be discussing Bitterbridge. Mm-hmm. As feels great to be back once again in Westeros. Sometimes I forget where we're at because... <laughs> you know, now we're doing so much more stuff on YouTube where I'm like, uh, where are we at again? What are we right. talking about? Where, what are we doing? I know it's crazy, man. It, yeah. We, we're, we're bouncing back and forth. I mean, I've been looking at stuff in a shy here recently, like looking at stuff from, it's also like timeline too, right? We, we go back, we get lost in the histories or, or we're looking at something like I was just reading about summer hall there. And, uh, by the way, shout out to lady Sarah, who we're going to do a fa- stick around for the end guys. We're going to have a fantastic Raven about, about that. But yeah, you get kind of like, all right, man. Remember which year we're discussing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. So yes, today we're talking Tyrion eight, uh, and it's like again, where's Tyrion at? Oh yeah, I got to remember because you know you, the, with these with these POV chapters, man. Sometimes you bounce around. You're like, uh, what was the last thing we talked about? Tyrion. Oh yeah, Tyrion was telling uh, Lancel Lannister off. Like, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, I know exactly right. what you've been doing. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I was like, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but this is exciting. Um, but before we get to all that, dude, how's how's it going? What have you been up to? Uh, it's good. Smoke's smoke's gone. Uh it's it's <laughs> it's good outside. It is back to Oregon. Um we, winter is is coming here in Oregon because there's pretty much two seasons. Uh there yeah. is summer where it does not rain or it does not rain. It's pretty dry, uh, which leads to wildfires. Uh and then <laughs> um there is winter in which it just rains every day, which I love, actually. I 100% love the rain. It could rain every day. In fact, some people are like, when I, you know, oh, doesn't it, doesn't the rain just depress you? I'm like, no. I'm like, it could rain even more. And right. I'd be, and be I cool would be, uh, and I would be 100% fine with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I love it. I'm glad it's raining. Sp- you know, I had kind of mixed feelings uh, about sports, right? Coming back, mm. I was like, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, with COVID, is that such a great idea? I mean, yesterday, University of, what is it, Missouri had seven players out uh, due to COVID. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. is this good? Uh, I think the NBA is doing a great job with it, like the bubble. You know, hey, let's right, keep everybody right. 
Uh, but you know, it's like, hey, football's back. It feel, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it seems like they're they they've kind of figured it out. They're managing it okay. Uh, so so it's good. So you know, I'm going to watch some NFL later today. My Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Houston Texans. So okay. here we go. I'm mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like you know, I like I like Deshaun Watson, but sorry, bro. When you're playing <laughs> yeah. the Steelers, yeah, 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 yeah. So so it feels good. It feels good. I mean. How about you, Ez? How how you know how are your Cincinnati Bengals doing? Okay. Well, hey, uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's early. It's early. Okay. The future looks bright, though. The it, future it looks, looks really bright, man. Looks uh, really yeah. good. So I'm I'm excited. Sometimes you got to hang in there. Um, <laughs> it's this. You know, it's a war. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Long season. Well, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm also kind of glad that like um, that. Yeah, we're trying. You know, everyone's trying to get back to to, to normalcy, and we're trying to uh, do do the right things. And I think the more more people are just being, you know, responsible and doing what they got to do, and it's you know, it's good because I want to get out there. I want to see people too. I want to get back to to normalcy. I want to go to conventions. I want to do attend games. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all that stuff. Like it's it's all things that we want to do. So I guess it's starting to kind of feel like that. And we're saying all this again right before uh, flu season. Got flu my season. flu shot the other day, so that was great. Yeah, um, I will. I need to get one. I will. I did see. Um. Uh. I did see a report. Um. That said, actually, that the flu numbers this year may be. It's going to be tricky because of COVID, and I think what's going to happen is that the numbers are going to get kind of mixed because mm-hmm. some people. I think they're just going to be like, "Well, that guy has COVID, even though he has the flu." But they said that actually, so far, the flu numbers themselves are they're some of the lowest because we're all wearing masks. Yeah, and so yeah. The, this flu season may actually be one of the lowest flu seasons, uh, just because we're all wearing masks, which we normally would never do. So the masks will also help you not get the regular flu. So, so there's that. I mean, yeah. other country, other countries like China and you know, like all these, all these, oh yeah, uh, Eastern countries always do it. So, well, I think we're just, I, I, you know, you talk about like developing habits too. I think we're going to start to. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in our school systems, I'll say this, like we've developed better habits. Our kids are getting used to it. And once you do mm-hmm. something for two to three months, you're kind of like, all right, well, this is just something that's clean and good and I should keep right. doing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's it, the numbers, it's going to be, it's, it's still, it's still weird. Everyone hang in there. I know some people are still without work and it's still kind of a, oh, yeah. it's, it's really a tough times for people. So, um, we're thinking about you and we hope you're doing well. Um, if you want to disappear into Westeros with us, that's exactly why we're here. Yeah. All right. That's so, why, that, Hey, that, yeah, that exactly. That's why we're here. So, yeah. uh, before yeah. we get to that, I do have to give one shout out. Not that he at all listens to this show, but shout out to a member of a Royal family, the King LeBron James, Duh. who is going to his 10th NBA Finals. One last night. It was epic. Clutch down the stretch. I mean, it was just, you know, uh, the king. Okay. He's the king. He's the king. <laughs> He's the king. Yeah. He's the king. All right. All right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, shout out to LeBron. My gosh. I, I didn't, I haven't been watching as much, honestly. It's crazy. Like, I, yeah. I kind of, I will watch the, the finals and everything, but I mean, yeah, I've been. It's almost like I forgot. Like my my mind is all whopper jawed. Like it's weird because normally it would not be on. Yeah, it's weird because it normally would not be on now. Well, it would be almost getting ready to start. Yeah, start. We're finished, so it's it's weird. Right. So yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, I I want to mention too. So like I uh over the weekend, real quickly, I, I, I. 
I've been wanting you like this will this will tell you how how bad I've been wanting just to get back out and do different things. And I'm kind of slowly starting to venture. Like me going into downtown Columbus, nada. I wasn't doing any of that. I mean, there's no way. But it was the anniversary for one of our local um big toy shops, big fun in downtown Columbus. Matt's been there. It's an epic, awesome store. And I went there and I guys, I got some pickups. I'm gonna show you guys if you check our Instagram. I got some fun stuff, just things I picked up for whether it be Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. I kind of went crazy, and uh, I might have spent a couple hundred dollars. I might have just went hey, crazy. It's Sir okay, Matt. yeah. But it, it, it's their anniversary. I wanted to support my local shop, and it was twenty five percent off. Like you, can't, I mean, like on everything in the store. So I went there, checked it out, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. I wish there were. I'm going to let's see, probably later this week or next week or maybe next paycheck. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to go check out and get these just some more Game of Thrones stuff because a lot of that stuff is not going to be in your vintage toy shop or whatever. Right. Um, so just because it's newer and I need to go get some bookends and a couple other things that because um, I've been on these Zoom chats with our patrons and I've seen Sir, Sir Jimmy and I've seen some of the stuff that he has, he, even some of the um, uh, the drinks, right? Some of the exclusive drinks and stuff. I need some of that stuff for my shelf. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting here going like I get on there and I I see our bannerman uh, flaunting this stuff in front of me and I'm like really, really, and you yeah. didn't send Sir Ezra some okay yeah fine. okay fine I'll go get it <laughs> no that was my weekend uh, so it's been great we actually haven't even uh, normally we talk for like a good hour before we do the show so we we kind of just are catching up here as we get into recording uh, it is it is my nephew's name day today so mm-hmm. it, it is his first. So, uh, yeah, this is, he's one year old. Um, going to be awesome. I'm going to go to that later with my sister and he is a rascal. So I can't wait for that, but that's the yeah. updates with me, man. Hey, that's good, man. Uh, you know, Hey, let me, one more quick little update here. So, uh, first of all, as I think the shot that you as, as cleaned up his, his shot on his, on his camera, for those of you checking us out on the video version, uh, it looks cool. He's got it all, yeah. he's got it all dialed yeah. in and guys, let me say, so about a year ago, I did keto for like a month and I was like, as you got to do this, it's great. And then I stopped. Uh, and then as got on it and as how much, how much weight, how much weight have you lost? At least 30 pounds. It it was awesome. (laughs) And it's still, and actually, so now I'm kind of, I've kind of like plateaued out and I have to kind of add in some other things, you know, I mean, had to start hitting the gym, by the way, went three times this past week, really was solid. Uh, I've been go. doing something that's more manageable. Well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's, yeah, it's well, it's anyway, so then, awesome. so I've been on it now for like a, a month, like real deal, hardcore. It's actually really easy for me because I looked at my diet and I'm like, well, my diet is mostly uh, meat and cheese. So uh, <laughs> let's just like get rid of bread. And I'm down like 13 pounds. So yeah. Yeah. it feels great. People could say what they want. I don't give a hey. baker's, you know, dozen, okay? Because. Literally, Baker's dozen of whatever can get out of here because it's got too many cars. Yeah, I don't need right? it. So I don't even go to the bit. Yeah. But I mean, like, people say what you want because I've had some people like, oh, I just don't know that it's, it's the healthiest or whatever. I was like, well, it's got me motivated. I'm back at the gym, baby. So look out. All right. <laughs> well, my diet, my, my diet there for a while was, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. A bunch of sugary cereal and, you know, like there were yeah, s- yeah. Snicker bars in there and ice cream oh, in yeah. there and all this other stuff. Well, I got it all out. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and then and then when you add your carbs back in, you just add in the good, you know, fruits and veggies and stuff that are mm-hmm. like actually pretty good with all of our 
meats and the other thing that we're used to eating now. So I know, dude, I like, and it only takes like two to three weeks to really start to kind of develop that habit. And I'm right. like, this is great. And I'm, I'm training. I'm training. I don't know what battle's coming up. I have no idea what, what I'm going to be facing, but I have been saying it for a while. We said it, what, like six months ago? I think Sir Matt and I, or it was before the closure. We kept saying like, it's time to put down the fork and yeah. pick up the sword. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I love it. No, it's been great, and and I feel like the fall fall's coming too. And that's I know you and I kind of like thrive in the fall. We 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 love it. Like like we hit the gym twice as hard. We're super motivated. We're watching sports. I mean, it's like it's like our time. I mean, I I just I love the fall. So mm-hmm. you know, just get ready for some some high energy here on on BTK. Yeah, absolutely. So our as well, let's just move on over to our Maester study. Today we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to be explaining Bitter Bridge, right? It is, uh, it's one of these little kind of places we, you know, we hear about, we go to a couple times and it's great. I, I love it. You know, it's just like we, uh, last week when we were talking about Ale Belly, right? He's this guy, you know, you see him for a couple chapters and then he dies. And it's just kind of cool. I love these little, sometimes you just go to these little places and it's it just expands the world, um, which I actually think, a Clash of Kings, I think you could really tell that it's a second book. Um, and we know that Gurr wrote the Duncan Egg to kind of expand the Targaryens. Um, mm-hmm. And so this, I think, really is where he was like, I need to really start building my world. And I think that's a lot of what you get in A Clash of Kings. Yeah, 100%. I mean, because, yeah, you, you have these little tiny places that, that pop up. I mean, I think House Tyrell also does so much. I mean, e- expanding and getting to know more about the Reach. Um mm-hmm. Because as I started looking up some of the stuff around Bitterbridge, uh, you find out that it's formerly known as Stonebridge, and it was the the seat of House uh, Coswell in the in the Reach or Caswell. I'm not really exactly sure how you say mm-hmm. it, uh, which is pretty pretty neat. And then you go look up House Caswell, and you're like, well, all right, they're in a couple books, and what is this minor house here? Uh, they're in the in in the Reach. Uh, their title is Lord of. Bitterbridge, Defender of the Fords. Um, their overlord is House Tyrell. Uh, so yeah, you're right. It's it's sort of a, a world-building situation. Let's build up some of these interesting places. And when you go look at where Bitterbridge is, it wouldn't surprise me if it comes back as a important... Um, whether a, a ba- another battle takes place there or if it's just right... Strategically located kind of in the center of all of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it was actually... So here's the idea. Uh, from High Garden to Bitterbridge, you have to go through Cider Hall, Long Table, up to Bitterbridge. But after Renly's death, we know that this is where uh, Mace Tyrell and his army, his host, will go kind of gather and wait there. And essentially what they're doing is waiting to see who is going to come court them. You know, who's going to come court them and send those envoys and say, hey, like, look, we need you guys. We need some help. Um, you have this massive army sitting there in the center of the map. I mean, first of all, we don't know. And, and you know, we don't know. Are they going to go to Stannis? Are they going to go? Is is um, are the Lannisters going to try to acquire them? You know, Catelyn actually thinks at one point, boy, why couldn't Rob have just married uh, Marjorie Tyrell? She thinks that later on. So, so, so there's all of that. But yeah, um, another thing here. I want to go over the history. Real quick, Sir Matt, let's mm-hmm. look at this. Yeah, I have, I have, I have it pulled. I have it pulled up. Uh, I yeah. can, I can kind of, I can kind of read here. So, um, I can kind of read it laid out. Uh, you know, um, 
but it's situated in the, where the river Mander meets the Rose Road. Uh, takes its name from the ancient stone bridge that crosses the Mander. The castle is small, made of stone and timber. The keep is not tall, but the land is low and flat, so it makes it seem taller. Uh, the Hog's Head, a uh, disreputable inn, was the first building destroyed, and the sack of Bitter Bridge, uh, the town's uh, sept, was also destroyed by Dragon Flame. Uh, the Ironborn of old, you know, used to raid the Mander as far as Stonebridge and their longships. A battle at Stonebridge was one of the many battles during the Faith Militant Uprising against King Magor I Targaryen. The savagery of that particular battle made the Mander Red run, uh, made the, it made it run red with blood for 20 leagues. So, geez. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> the bridge and castle uh, was ever known Uh, as bitter bridge thereafter um according to legend septon matthias's uh you know wheelhouse passed septon barth uh who was riding a donkey at bitter bridge in 50 ac king jaharis the first and queen allison landed there at bitter bridge with their dragons to kind of check it out that's where they Mm -hmm. landed on their they went to old town this is where it gets like this is kind of like the the big history of it uh so at the start of the dance of dragons uh, Otto Hightower, who was the hand of the king, uh, dispatched mm-hmm. ravens all over Westeros to gain support for his grandson, King Aegon II. Um, one of the ravens was sent to Bitterbridge. Tom Flowers, the bastard of Bitterbridge, was one of the black commanders at the Battle of Honeywine and died during the battle. Later, uh, during the war, Sir Rickard Thorne of the Kingsguard and Prince Maelor Targaryen were killed by a mob. Uh, at, at, at Bitterbridge while trying to make their way to the siege of Longtable. Prince Darren Targaryen responded by burning the town um, with, with his dragon and in the sack of Bitterbridge. Uh, and then um, later, there's some other stuff that's going on there. You have Ulf the White, who was named Lord of Bitterbridge by Darren for his service in the Battle of Tumbleton. But then he's poisoned mm-hmm. by uh, Hobart Hightower at the second battle. Um, and then, uh, then that's, that's, that's kind of it yeah. until we get to a clash of Kings, um, and then Brienne of Tarth, we know, uh, is, is, is there at, at one point. And then this yeah. is where, this is where, this is where Renly is. Right. I mean, that's where. right. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, in this chapter, we're going to, we're going to learn, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second, but the idea is we're, we're going to go there and we're going to court the Tyrells, try to bring them, uh, to King's Land and gain their favor and a part of what comes out of that is another poisoning. You know, we go get the poisonous roses, right? And and they mm-hmm. they're going to show up. Um, and because of them, because of the meeting that takes place, all, all of the events that happen there, the alliance that's made, the pact, the agreement. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see that Joffrey is uh, poisoned later. So. It's bitter, right? And it's, so it's it's, it's it just is. kind of it's kind of like ironic a little bit. And when I, when I read that in the history, so I was like, oh, there was. There's some element of, of poisoning there. Uh, and then here we have the Tyrells coming out, going into King's Landing, you know. So just yeah. just Jerry likes to do that. He likes to have, you know, things be associated with one point. Maybe it's just so he can remember it easier. Or maybe it's just because he's like, oh, I just like to have these cool kind of connections uh, along the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So I, I kind of think, you know, for me, I was thinking, do you think we'll come back here? Um, at, at any point or that we'll have um, it's got a strong history, you know, and it has it was significant in a clash of kings. 
We haven't seen it really, really since then. Um, we, we do know that um, Lord Laurent uh, Coswell shuts himself within the walls of his castle. Uh, writers from Bitterbridge inform Lord Tywin Lannister of the alliance between House Tyrell and House Baratheon uh, of King's Landing. So it's it's really just sitting there. We're waiting to see. It's in a position that I think if... I don't know. It's just it's so far inland that I don't really know... If if like young Griff or, or whoever is gonna is gonna make that way, if it's if it's that important of a location to get, if it if it's near the Rose Road, does that you know what what does that mean? But I think that's interesting to kind of think about and speculate because like, I kind of have a feeling that it we may come back here and use it in its name, just being Bitter Bridge. You know mm-hmm. how George is like like he likes to use names like this, and and maybe out of Bitter Bridge comes something, so a bitter alliance of some kind. You know right. where there's treachery and poisonous and scheming and. And and things well, happen, that is kind so. of well that is kind of what happens, yeah 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 right, exactly right here I just mean like almost twofold will that happen oh again? I get you I get yeah, you. yeah 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 could could something like that happen again in Winds of Winter, um, because at some point I mean he could just keep making lo- new locations and bring in new in new things but for me he just it's amazing that uh, that he like he creates this in a Clash of Kings and then we have all this stuff in a World of Ice and Fire. Uh, Fire and Blood, where he goes back and kind of explains, oh, Bitterbridge also has a a history. And so when you start to elaborate on that history, I think, well, it might be significant even in his future writings. So that's just kind of kind of where I'm at. But. Okay. Guys, today, Bend the Knee is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. It is an online counseling website. It is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, dot com. Um, you know, if there's anything causing you to not be able to achieve your goals or mm-hmm. you're struggling with depression, anxiety, these are dark times uh, that we are living in. And you can get online counseling at betterhelp.com. And it is across the world. Uh, everything you share with them, it's confidential, it's professional. They have so many people using this website that they are actually recruiting additional counselors for all 50 states. There are actually over 1 million people using betterhelp.com right now. I mean, that sounds like pretty, that's a lot of people, you know? It's a lot of people, man. Getting a lot of help. And here's the thing the state of the world right now, winter coming, like, I mean, if I needed a counselor, I think I'd be hitting these people up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. It's safe, it's convenient, and you can do so from the comfort of your own home. You can send your counselor's messages at any time. It's not self-help. It is counseling. So any, any some of the other things as that they, uh, they'll help you out with, you know, even stuff that's like sleeping trauma. Okay. okay. Sometimes right. people have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Grief, self-esteem, LGBT matters, family conflicts, anger, depression, anxiety, whatever mm. your struggles are with, they can help you. And guys, Ez and I both want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash bend the knee. Again, you can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, uh, dot com slash bend the knee.
All right. Okay. Now let's move on over to our reread uh, today. So we have um, Tyrion 8. Uh, the small council is discussing the news of Renly's mysterious murder. Tyrion points out that they have an opportunity to recruit House Tyrell to Joffrey since they loved Renly but not Stannis. To recruit them, Tyrion recommends that Joffrey marry Marjorie. Cersei does not like the idea, stating Joffrey will not like it but eventually agrees. Neither Cersei nor Tyrion want to leave King's Landing uh, to meet with the Tyrells, but Littlefinger volunteers expecting a reward for his service. So, um, you know, it starts off right with Varys. Uh, he's reporting the murder of Renly, and it's kind of like people don't really understand what's going on. Uh, you know, so Stannis with a magic sword. It was a Knight of the Rainbow Guard, a maid, a woman, um, possibly Lady Stark, right? And so that's that's kind of where they're at. Is like uh, there's all this mysterious stuff. They don't necessarily believe it. Varys assures them, "Hey, no, this is what happens." Um, and then ultimately, we're going to get to. Um, you know, we're ultimately going to get to the idea of, hey, maybe you should, you know, not marry Sansa and you should marry um, Marjorie uh, instead. But as let's, you know, a big, big kind of question here: Did House Tyrell make the right move? Because wow, it, you you think? I mean, you just think about this for a second. Your House Tyrell, you have, you've just married Renly. And I know Renly, okay, Renly, Renly dies, but you still have an enormous host of, of people, okay? Mm -hmm. You still have this enormous host, and you could easily just say, we're just going to challenge. I mean, everybody is making alliances. Everybody is moving. And yeah, a lot of these people may say, well, we want to go fight for Stannis, but there's other options on the table. You could go align yourself with Rob Stark. You could just declare Loras uh, uh, the king of the of you know of the Reach. You could align yourself. You could just say, "Hey, we're going to align ourselves with Stannis." The idea that they would then just say, "No, let's go align ourselves with the Lannisters and kind of make up for it." Like, I you know I don't know, man. It just seems like if the Lannisters came to you and, and said. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I honestly, it's one of the things in, in, in this book series that I just don't understand because you're in such a position of power where, okay, the Lannisters, you right, you know, the, the King's Landing, right, is you have, they know that obviously Stannis is going to take them on. They know Rob Stark is, is, is fighting them along with the Riverlands. If they turn to you and say, hey, we would forgive you if you were to say marry Joffrey, like, I don't even know that I would go along with that. I just don't see why you would why you would do that because I, I, everybody has to feel like they're in such a position of weakness. There I just mm -hmm. to me that's one of the things I've always never really th that decision and I, and I get where Ger goes and it's a great place to take it, but I've always just been like why would you do that? Well, and I think that's the thing is that a lot of people look at it's almost like like George in his own uh, writing. And I, I, I can only think of the one example now where, where Catelyn kind of thinks when, when Rob does get married, right. And breaks his vow um, right. to Walter Frey. Like she thinks to what gods, why could you not have went with like the Tyrells or Marjorie? She's beautiful. And all this kind of stuff, you know um, it's yeah. So that's kind of, it is, it is kind of crazy. It's almost like he's playing a little, what if game? Could you imagine if that would have happened uh, through, through Catelyn? And it's like, yeah, uh, there, 
I don't know. You know, you, we learn we learn that there's a little bit of bitterness between the Tyrells and um, and Dorn. So I, I was thinking, yeah, okay, there's no going down there making alliances. That there, there's some definite definite uh, uh, bitterness, and then the Lannisters. It's like they've been kind of your rivals in in terms of um, wealth and prosperity and all that kind of stuff. So. I don't know. Maybe it's just the easier. It's just the easier path. You know, it's just easier to say they're right. already in power. It's it's just an easy. It's an easy um, climb up the ladder versus yeah. like you can Im- yeah yeah you can immediately make Renly or make Marjorie queen like of right. the, the legit a well legitimate uh, air quote you know because you know all because Joffrey's not necessarily legitimate but whatever yeah um, you know a legitimate queen like the you're the queen. Yeah, and the other thing is, I always think it's it's proximity too. So that's why I was thinking like, okay, well, what about Dorne? Nah, not 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 good. Um, what about you know Casterly Rock? Is there an alliance that can be made there? Uh, more likely than than it would be with the Vale or the North, just because of their neighbors. You know, it's almost like you right. might have now. Sometimes that means warring and disputes and tension and stuff like that. So you might make an alliance with someone who's not a neighbor, but it, it just seems like it's easier to move. Uh, resources and stuff and then the north kind of has a history of well we're going to march south and we're going to put it in we're going to do what we want to do and then we're marching back north and then no one's passing right. moat Kalen. so you know um marjorie is this i mean wow there's some poetry there though her being a winter rose you know right. uh, possibly but uh yeah i, I know that, that, that is a, a great because ultimately we know what happens in, in that this for their house is a terror like some what looks like going to be a pretty terrible uh, downfall for them, and and could be could be really bad. I don't think it's going to be you know nice and neat like the show made it, where it's like all the Tyrells are like dead. But I think they're going to be left um, scrambling, and there's going to be a lot of their. Fo- I mean, they outnumber the Lannisters in 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 King's Landing. They're like in charge. I mean, they're yeah. like a big deal. So I, I I don't know. That's something we can speculate later on as well. But did they make the right call? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's just yeah, it's just also because like we know, like the Reach ha- at this point, like we know, we as the reader know at this point, hey, Castle Rock doesn't actually have as much money as they said they did, and the Reach is the one supplying all of the food, uh, you know, to King's Landing and all this stuff. So literally, I mean, all you have to do, I mean, maybe the, I mean, the, I mean, maybe you'd have to go to war with somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you'd, you'd if you wanted to say, hey, we want to be the kings, whatever. But I just also think it, it would just be so easy. I mean, ima- I mean, imagine this for uh, I mean, for for a second, if you're the reach, you could say, OK, because I mean, it seems like Marjorie's obviously willing to marry whoever uh, she <laughs> marries Renly, which, again, you marry Renly. That is like, what do you I mean, in, in the first place, it's like Renly does not have any claim at all to the throne whatsoever stannis may have a you know throne a claim because you're saying um joffrey is not legitimate so stannis would actually be king because he's the older brother you choose renly who has zero claim uh to the throne unless joffrey is legitimate and then stannis were to die so in order to become the queen you're gonna have to say we're just gonna have to take it over Regardless, we're going, we're going to, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to take it over with Renly, just straight up usurp, usurp, usurp Joffrey. Yeah. Um. So 
you look at them, so you got the reach here, right? Uh, you know, kind of they're the southwest of of Westeros, um, not all the way southwest because you kind of got Dorne down there, but that's pretty much the southwest. Well, to the north of them is the Westerlands. Uh, and then to the east of that is the Riverlands, and then you got the north up there. So Rob Stark is pushing, um, Rob Stark is pushing Tywin west back to the Westerlands. All you have to do is go north and defeat Tywin and make an alliance with Rob. And then it's like now you have this huge host. You've defeated Tywin Lannister. Jamie Lannister's captured. And then all you have to do is figure out Stannis, who you already know does not have a big, uh, big host of troops because you just saw them all. Yeah, and he's gonna, and he's probably more likely going to go straight to King's Landing. So his win or not, his troops are going to be depleted. I, I get you. No, as as I'm looking at the map here, I I totally get what you're saying. I mean. Because at one point, um, depending on how quickly Actually, you move, she could marry Edmure Tully. I mean, there's so many more options other than just going and marrying Joffrey that even right now, I think make way more sense. Yeah, and so really, what would be interesting is is to hear like the conversation that happens, and in this chapter is all about Littlefinger being sent from King's Landing to negotiate um, to to kind of bring this marriage alliance and this proposal and whatever uh, to the Tyrells, but. Um, yeah, like yeah, if if from where they're at, neighboring territories, you've got Storms End, just as you said, to to their uh, to their east, and then you've got River Run. I mean, they're bordering. I mean, High Garden's in the thick of it all, man. Like like the reach is just right there. Uh, and if they could have supported River Run in any way, if there would have been any type of communication, because Tywin is moving from Harrenhal right back over towards. Um, Castle Rock, and we know like Edmure later is is trying to go down, and and they keep attacking them, um, you know, from River Run, marching south, hitting hitting Tywin. Rob was trying to draw him all the way over so that he could slip back into a de- a, de- a defensive position, um, back by the twins, and then kind of kind of regroup, you know, his forces in that way, and and move move Tywin back west, and and kind of hem him in there, and Edmure kind of undoes that a little bit, which is which is un- unfortunate. But if you would have had the Reach, High Garden, the Tyrells, also coordinating with Edmure Tully, they could have really bloodied the Lannister forces as they were moving east to west, back towards um, Casterly Rock, and it would have been, yeah, it could have been, it could have been very advantageous for 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 both sides. I mean, it would have been kind of the start to the downfall of of uh, the Lannisters. But because you don't have to worry about Storms End, you've got, I mean, as you said. Uh, they're they're gonna make their move on. I mean, well, Stannis is actually gonna fight or work against Courtney Penrose and try to get Storm's End back. Um, and then he's gonna move to you know, to attack King's Landing in, in Blackwater Bay. So you're good. Dorne is just sitting there, not doing a, a darn thing. Uh, the Vale's not doing a darn thing, and the North is clear down in the Riverlands. So, yeah, I don't know, man. That's sort of the ultimate. We had a raven about that a couple weeks back where it was just sort of like can you imagine how different this would have been if the if the roses would have allied with with the direwolves you know like would have been crazy would have been absolutely crazy yeah well i mean it would yeah i don't even know that it would have to be i mean do you think george ever considered it though do you ever do you think you ever kind of thought like like maybe this could be a a direction that i could go you know like in the writing process like wouldn't it be interesting to kind of imagine 
uh, if if he if he played that out in his mind and he said, ah, there's a reason I don't want to do it, which there was. There's a reason. Right. This is a great yeah, story. It's, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it does make for a great story because then it's like, well, crap, these people just were here and now you've reversed them. And so now you've just gained this huge army and it's like everybody's doing their own thing. Um, uh, but I don't know, you, you know, because it's so weird because the one army I think we always forget about. When you when you're thinking about the all the warring of the five kings that's going on because we know this army comes is going to come so much later, uh, is is the others right? Because the whole deal is what they, at the end of the day they're the ones that are coming. So I still think you could get to a position where it's all this warring that's going on and <clears throat> and then it's it's just the others that come and then you have to you know do something and then there's we, there's still Daenerys out there and there's still. A young Griff, if he wanted, if he had ideas at this point to maybe introduce him as well or something. So I still think you could ultimately kind of, you could still totally get to this big battle with the others um, and then Daenerys coming over. And so there's still tons of room for just warring. And the, mm. and then you've got Pike and, and, and them up there. So there's, there's tons of backstabbing and all of this stuff that could go on. But, um, yeah, I, he. This is the this is the route he de, he decided to go with, um, which is cool because it, it leads us down. It leads us down. But I, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't get. I think you could even actually have, um, Marjorie marry Rob and still get to a position where Rob dies, and then the Tyrells are still left in this situation. Like, uh, what do we do? And still ultimately kind of get to where we're probably going to get in Winds of Winter, which is Cersei somehow uh, taking care of the Tyrells, whether it's blowing up the Sept of Baelor like we saw in the show or or something or something else um, and just and just going down down a, a different route. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it could have been because right now what we're kind of seeing in, in this is in especially the second half of A Clash of Kings is we see the north is starting to kind of fall apart um rob's mm-hmm. making choices that are com- like the the choice in his 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 bride uh even if that would have been marjorie it still would have sent the phrase away uh his treatment of jamie lannister or or what his mother does still would have sent the car starks running he still could have had all of that happening i guess the problem is it, 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 here, here's here's the difference right um it's it's does he marry marjorie and gain you know tens of thousands of, of like a huge army, right? Um, or, or on the other hand, you know, he doesn't. He, he, he goes to a lesser house. And that's actually what Catelyn says later, is that like the Fraser, like had you have gone with the Tyrells, well, okay, that's less of a slight to Walter Frey because that's a right. massive house. So you, right. under, you can understand that alliance. But you, you really can't, you know, the Westerlings are who, right? I mean, they're... Right, they're, they're, they're nobodies. It'd yeah, be, yeah. And that's, that's the bigger, that's the bigger slight. And so... I think it does emphasize more so just that like, well, it's, it's, it's this love, it's passion. He's, he's a youngster. He gives into this and breaks his vow and, and so on. And then you can kind of see what happens from, from that. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So the other, the, uh, the, another character I think we should talk about uh, just in this chapter, although she is referenced, she's not directly in it is uh, Sansa, right? Because this is really, I think, I think this I, I think this is one of the bigger reasons he decided, decided to go this route is because this whole chapter you're reading it, you know, Varys and, and Tyrion and everyone's talking about what are we going to do with Marjorie? Um, 
And there's some other stuff going on we'll, we'll get to here in a bit too, right? Uh, is he's kind of telling them all of these things that are happening. But the big thing is that, well, Joffrey's promised to Sansa. Well, Joffrey can can get out of this. And um, I think the show did a really great job of it where you're seeing this and you're like, oh my God, this is so great for Sansa, right? She's going to get out. She's not going to have to marry Joffrey. Um, you know, something else could happen to her. And then, uh, you know, like I really love the way the show did it. it. Just, I mean, it's again, it's same thing that happens in the book, but I, I just think just the expression on her, on her face, uh, Sophie Turner's face, right. When, when, uh, we'll get to it. I think it's, I think it's in her next chapter where, yeah. uh, Joffrey kind of announces, oh, I'm going to marry Marjorie Tyrell. And we see that, you know, just that kind of smile on her face. Uh, and then Littlefinger tells her, like, if you think Joffrey is going to let, you know, his playthings go, like, think again. Right. And then it's just like this, oh, my God, we have so much hope for her. And then it is uh, very Gur-esque, just cut down. And you're like, oh, God. Like, and you just feel like so horrible yeah. for, for Sansa. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and with Sansa, you also got to talk about uh, uh, Peter Baelish uh, and just right. that he sees this opportunity and he's like, I'm not going to leave this up to anyone else. Like, I'm going to negotiate this marriage. I'm going to make it happen. He knows he can do it. Um, and he sees a way in which he can gain Sansa, gain a title and then and then move her out of King's Landing. Like when you look that far ahead, you're like, wow. Okay, be, like that makes him a dangerous, dangerous man, and 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 Tyrion knows that. Um, yeah, it, it, I've uh, yeah, so that that's fascinating. But I, I get you, yeah. Like this is this is kind of terrible because we we start to think, oh, and Sansa even thinks I'm out. Like I'm good. She right. starts talking to the Tyrells, and she's like, "This is awesome. I'm gonna go meet your brother, and it's it's fine. I could go. I can go to Highgarden. It's beautiful. Like all those sort of um, you know, the thoughts that she had early on of Joffrey and and marrying a, a, a king or, or uh, knights in shining armor and all that sort of poetic, um, the stories right. and the songs of old that she fantasizes over are coming back. And then it's stripped away again. And it's another teaching. It's another right. moment of growth for her. So Yeah. And if you're Littlefinger, you think, hey, I could go set up this alliance, which will free Sansa. Which at this point, I think he's still thinking I could go now. I can go to Catelyn and say, "Hey, I, I have your daughter. She's safe." As a way to try and get with her, which is you know his his kind of his kind of his kind of ultimate goal until she dies, and then he you know becomes creepy and weird. And so, uh, I mean, for him, I think this is like, "Hey, this is a big deal." Because Cersei asks him, she's like, "Well, you know, what do you want for this?" He's like, "I got to think about it." Uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, we know, we know what he wants really. Right. Right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know this, this is, uh, this, you know, this is really more, well, okay. Actually one more thing we got to talk about too in, in this chapter, um, the Tyrion, uh, Cersei kind of like the end, like the, the, end, the, yeah, the, 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 the last little bit of it. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, we're seeing, I mean, now, I mean, Tyrion's guard is up. His sister is being super nice to him. I've underestimated you. Let me give you a kiss on the cheek. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going on with that? I mean, uh, obviously, your, your guard is up. I mean, it's almost too much. You, you know, when you're trying to play that, like, I'm going to give a compliment or I'm going to do it. She almost shows her hand there and that it was too much, Cersei. It was too out of character. It was right. Tyrion's going to catch that right away. Uh, or is that what she wanted? Did she want him to over 
you know, overthink comp- it. Yeah, overcompensate for that or, or whatever. So that was kind of interesting. The back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I've kind of I've I've thought about this, and I've also you know the, when when Cersei tell or when he tells her that uh, Renly and Stannis are going to fight, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like that's the best news I've ever heard. Um, I almost think she actually. Some of me, a, a part of me, thinks for a little bit that she does actually try to, or she just maybe she's just kind of overcome with emotion. I don't know. Part of me does. I. I, I I have hope for Cersei. I always, you know, mm-hmm. I have hope for yeah. all these characters that, hey, they could, they could turn. I always leave the door open regardless of whether, you know, like that they, they, that they could still become kind of, you know, kind of good characters or there's something in them. I mean, and it's, it's Gur just does such a great job of it. I mean, when Cersei's dealing with the faith, right. Uh, you know, even in the, even in the show, right. Yeah. We start rooting for Cersei. You know, because the faith seems even worse than her. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's, she's. I think, I think a lot of people like. It's like, do we like her or do we just like that that character that can go kind of either way? That can go kind of, you know, that's that's back and forth that we love, that we hate. You know, we're supposed to hate Jamie Lannister, and look how many people by the end are like rooting for Jamie. I mean, that's. That's what he does. It, it it actually makes you wonder. It scares me a little bit in that like we love Jon Snow so much and you love Danny so much. And I think this is almost what he's doing. Like, like which one of them are are we waiting to sort of go like, no, why would you why would you do that? Like, like, why are you turning in in, in this way? Um, is it is it all the horrible things that we've been watching you go through that have finally kind of turned you into this person? I think Arya is another one of those those people. Like the Starks really go through it and for for us to think that all of them are going to come out and and look like that are they're going to be held in some favorable light I I don't know I, I it's uh that may not be the case it's going to be kind of a again bittersweet or mixed bag bitter bridge bitter bridge <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah awesome. so all right it, yeah this this chapter I I don't know I I think it's kind of pretty it's it's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, not simple, not that any any of his chapters are simple, but but we're sort of just laying a foundation there for um, Lord uh, for well, almost said Lord will be uh, Baelish, right? To mm-hmm. to kind of make his to his climb up the ladder, more scheming between the Lannisters, and then we're weaving in the Tyrells here. So okay, all right. As uh, we have a Raven today from Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Hello, good sirs. Wishing all is well in the lands of teaching and fire. Um, put on your tinfoil hats and buckle up because we're going to Summerhall. Aegon the Unlikely ruled the Seven Kingdoms for six years, dedicated to the small folk due to his years as squire to Sir Duncan the Tall, and managed to lose favor with many of the highborn lords. His son broke marriage vows. Uh, you're not alone, Rob. Uh, causing even more strife and disloyalty amongst his court. By the time Summerhall comes around, he is consumed and obsessed with needing a dragon to solve his problems. Now, this doesn't really seem like the precocious little boy we met in the Mystery Night, but remember, he was always quick to want to use his do-you-know-who-my-dad-is card. He is a Targaryen, so we can so we can blame the kid. However, uh, this aligns with the pattern to show his power for having the upper hand without thinking it through. Whitewall Castle being the exception. Here we have Blood Raven um, making the statement that Aegon is the dragon that hatched, uh, that hatched, you know, the egg hatched. 
Both Damon and Darren tell Dunk of their vivid dreams involving him. We know that they mean metaphorically, but what if we take them literally? What if a great red dragon was born at Summerhall and a dragon hatched from an egg, meaning Aegon? Uh, Sir Duncan was said to have perished that day, uh, but the hints that Cold Hands um, drops makes me think otherwise. That's a whole other raven, though. Um, so back to Aegon. Like a proper Targaryen, he is becoming increasingly thirsty for dragons, uh, commissioning, commissioning tips to Ashai, acquiring pyromancers, etc. In both Fire and Blood and the World of Ice and Fire, dragons come from Old Valyria and apparently from the humans that lived there. Fire and Blood shows Princess Arya coming home on Beleriand, the Black Dread, suffering a horrible death. It is put in, on record that fireworms and other horrifying oddities were found writhing within her. She was also sizzling and smoking from the inside out. Um, oh, which is awful. Uh, Danny brings her dragons to hatch by an odd combination of fire, blood, and death. She lost what she loved most for those dragons. Aegon's loved ones were present at Summerhall, including a very uh, pregnant with Rhaegar, Riella. Um, seven eggs were laid out. Sorcery and fire ensued. Summerhall was left to ruin, with no one left alive wanting to talk about it. The words doom and shadow come up a lot whenever the tragedy is discussed. Could the doom of Summerhall be a dragon, one bigger than the Black Dread himself? Could it possibly be... Uh, could it poss could it be possible that Aegon became a literal dragon in the end? Uh, after all, in this masterpiece, you know that was that was season eight. It ends with Bran, uh, you know, Google mind searching for a dragon's whereabouts. Um, might even explain the need for so much strength in the North and why the whole Rhaegar is man's theory. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, it, it, this is interesting, and, and here's here's something. So, uh, Lady Sarah, first of all, thank you so much. Um, super awesome. Always, always happy to get her her ravens because they are uh, they make you think, and they're they're very interesting. She also in the same um, email slash raven. I'll read some of these. Put some quotes uh, just to kind of back up some of this, so you guys can hear about some of these. This the word choice that that circulates around Summerhall. So here we go. Thoughts of uh, Barristan Selmy. All three of the sons of the fifth Aegon had wed for love and defiance of their father's wishes and became and because that unlucky monarch had followed his heart when he chose his queen he allowed his sons to have their way making bitter enemies when he might have made fast friends treason and turmoil followed as night follows day ending at summer hall in a in sorcery fire and grief and i think that's one of the things is that uh, we're talking about there's fire, there's blood, but there's also sorcery. All of these things mm -hmm. are, are, are things that when we hatch eggs with, with Danny, we used those things. We used blood magic, we used fire, and from that we had a literal hatching of eggs. And I think what Lady Sarah is saying is that all along, you know, Blood Raven is even indicating that um, they're at, at White Walls uh, during the second Blackfire Rebellion that we have an actual like egg is hatching, right? He's becoming this dragon. And then later on, like metaphorically, as she says, and then later on at summer hall, we have either an attempt or he actually does, you know, it, it, it works. Like don't his brothers, I mean, kind of believe there's all this idea that they could, 
you know, drink wildfire and become a dragon of some kind, or it could, it could mm-hmm. open up yeah, Arian. something. Yeah. Arian does that Arian bright flame. Yeah. So w- when you think about that, I think that's, that's interesting. So there's that element of sorcery, fire and blood, and it is such a, and well, let's read just a little bit about, you know, there's the page in a world of ice and fire where we get tidbits that the, the uh, ink has spilled on the page and, and George is not ready to kind of, you know, reveal what happens. The, the quote there is, the blood of the dragon gathered in one, seven eggs to honor the seven gods. And I believe it's his seventh year reigning, or maybe it's not, maybe like, but he's, he's younger. Uh, Though the king's own septon had warned, dot, 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 pyromancers, dot, 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 wildfire, more dots, uh, flames grew out of control, dot, 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 towering, dot, 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 burned so hot that blank died mm-hmm. but for the valor of lord come and then doesn't finish right you know so right. there's there's one of our quotes so i kind of th- i think this is interesting i i don't really know though you know i think people have always believed th- that it is an attempt to you had seven eggs and there is sort of if you look at that um let me go back to that real quick so the blood of the dragon gathered in one you know what does that mean and then then, then the right. next thing is seven eggs um were they pulling, like, like, is it an actual attempt to do some ceremony where, like, you have an individual turn himself into, into a dragon? I mean, like, what, like, I don't know if there's any. Right. That would be that would be crazy. Uh, that that would be that would be kind of wild. I, I I don't know if that's, or is it we're trying to use the, you know, the other dragon eggs to and to 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 one egg to make one big dragon or, you know, what what does it all mean? Are we trying to get all seven to hatch? Um, what's happening. And then she does kind of allude to the interesting connection between what we, you know, cold hands and cold hands reference to the three eyed crow. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. he doesn't call him a three eyed crow. He calls him a friend, a friend, you know, and that's something that we get a lot of hinting in, uh, the Dunkin' egg series that blood Raven is that friend. And so you start to think, well, maybe this is you know, who is cold hands. And I think what she's getting at there is possibly that's Sir, Sir, Sir Dunk. Right. Um, right. Yeah. We've, we've definitely gone down that, that rabbit hole. A lot of, people, yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely a prime candidate for it. So, I mean, let's just, let, I'm down, I'm down. Let's, let's dive down this. Right. So sure. we do see, we do see brands searching for, uh, you know, a dragon, right. Which uh, at the, at the end of, se- of season eight, but if you were, I mean, if that were to happen, say he does turn into a dragon, right? Um, that I mean, who and you're Duncan and you're still alive. Who would you go to find him? I mean, well, I mean, I would go to the guy who I know is uh, a thousand eyes and one and knows yeah. like everything. I would go and be like, hey, here's what happened, and we need to we need to figure this out. We somebody else who we know is involved probably in sorcery. So. Whether it's that or maybe it is, a dragon did hatch and an egg flew off on it, um, I could totally see that, which would then put Dunk, as we know, Duncan goes north and, po- well, we know they go, to, they go to the wall at some point, but then also, um, you know, it's believed he's, you know, kissing somebody. He, he may be the, 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 the grandfather, right, to, to Hodor. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on there, um, and then we don't necessarily know. You know, we don't necessarily know, obviously, what, what happens to him. It's believed he dies at Summerhall. I don't think so. I do think he goes on to do something else. Um, so so here, here's something. Interesting. Like, you look at his age, right? So we're in Game of Thrones. We're around, what, the year 300 AC. Um, right. 
ish or whatever. So he would have been, uh, let's see, 70. No, he would have been 67. Mm-hmm. So he would have been just 67 years old if he, if he were kind of, uh, well, maybe in between 67, 70, whatever. But that's, that's how old it looks like he would be, right? Am I wrong? Right I now. Mean, he was born in 233 AC. Uh, right. sa- says that he dies in 259 AC at, at Summerhall. But he could be someone who, you know, could potentially still, still, alive. still alive. Yeah, like that's, that's what's kind of wild about that. I mean, Blood Raven's much older. I mean, in his life right. is pro is is essentially um, lengthened because right. of his connection to the Weirwood magic, sorcery, the whole thing, whatever it may be. Right. But, well, if you yeah. were so, but the thing is, so he could also theoretically be because Cold Hands, you know, is we don't really know how old he is, but he just certainly doesn't seem. I mean, he's kind of this thing, but it's kind of like, well, if you you die at the time you die, and then you don't necessarily age after that. So I mean, and they say he died long ago. So I mean, if he went when Summerhall happened and then, you know, dies and then be kind of becomes cold hands, well, that would be right. I mean, that would probably be a a decent, you know, a a decent time for that to happen. Yeah, and the the you know the term or the phrase um, long ago. When is when is that right? Is that just uh, because right. it's like the children it, who say it, and it's like. Is long ago for the children like three hundred years, or right, is yeah. it, you know, yeah. or is <laughs> yeah. it like, or are they saying it because it's to them? So then that's I think the biggest thing to say that it's definitely not Benjin, um, because long ago would not be like certainly not be months ago, or or even possibly a year for the children. Yeah, and, and this would only be even if you go from when Leaf is saying is making that statement to Brand. Well, that would have been forty. What for? Yeah, just over forty years ago. So is forty years right. ago a long time? Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be uh, long ago. Um, I guess if I'm thinking about it, yeah, forty years—that's a long time ago. Um, right. But yeah, just it's all perspective, I guess, and, and depending on who who you are making that statement and to whom you're making it to. So yeah. Uh, now, now the other thing is like if he actually is whether he's riding a dragon or becomes a dragon, um, whatever you want to say there. We were just talking about an ice dragon not not too long ago, you know. And so if you have this big red fire dragon, you know what I mean. And mm. and if something happens with with Danny's dragons or whatever, and you've got some, you know, the counter to a ice dragon's what three times as large as a as a regular dragon, and and you know, is it that they were prepping to to make some massive fire dragon that could counter an ice dragon or something, you know? And then it's just odd that we have Blood Raven where he's at with the children. Um, and cold hands and, and all of that up there in the, no- beyond the wall. I mean, it's just, that yeah. is also kind of stunning to, to, th- to think about. So I don't know. I think it would be really neat. I still think maybe he, he, he could be alive. He could be working on something. Um, you have characters. There is a precedent for these characters who they go on quest and they do things and they're, they're searching for information and they're gone for, for years and they get obsessed with a quest. I mean, you have, Lord Hightower right now has been up in his Hightower, which, by the way, I think sometimes we, for, we like we forget how big of a deal Hightower is. I mean, it's 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 said that you could from the top of that tower you could see to the wall, like you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you can't, but I mean, it's like, well, you could with a with a certain um, glass candle, you could definitely right. see uh, around. But it is super, it is super tall, and and it's like this massively magical high tower, 
and you have somebody who's obsessed up there doing sorcery and stuff for years, hasn't been seen in years. So um, you have one of our Lannisters who goes on a quest to find the Valyrian sword. You have other people who, who leave and they go on grand quests to, to do whatever it might be, um, to, to win honor, glory, what have you. It's possible. I mean, just the fact that Bloodraven is still around and is a player up beyond the wall, there's a tie-in to history there, and him right. being as old and as ancient as he is, it would not surprise me. And the fact that Summerhall is such a mystery, and it is such is something that George will not touch, the only reason he wouldn't do that is because it matters and is significant to the main story. That is, right? I mean, that is the only... Why? Why else not? Why would you not give it to us? It's too close. It's within 40 years leading up to this Song of Ice and Fire that takes place. And we have a great tragedy there. Rhaegar is born. Um, the ghost of Highheart. It's, you know, Danny's asking Sir Barristan, well, what happened to this, this individual, um, this woods witch who made this prophecy? And he doesn't really answer it. But again, it talks more about the doom and the gloom surrounding Summerhall. And then Arya comes across what we believe is that very same um, woods witch wanting a song about Jenny, you know, Jen mm -hmm. Jenny of Oldstones. And it all it is all that is that is where I think, you know, we've always wondered when we watch the show, why didn't we get more about the Tower of Joy, about, um, gosh, uh, the, the, the tourney of Hall, the Night of the Laughing Tree, all that kind of stuff. It's very likely that the show, where the show ends or, or where it kind of starts, there's so many missing pieces to mm -hmm. it. There's so many storylines that happen in between there. And, and a lot of people have said that maybe where we see the show ending is not the end and that George actually yeah. has plans to continue the series on and a tie into Summer Hall and the histories right. um, could like, extend like it. Like Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah, that there could be, yeah, that there's an, an extra kind of like... Um, Gosh, yeah, because you almost have like, yeah, the Great War has ended, right? We, we go crown Aragorn king, uh, and then, then we take, you know, four or five chapters, and we march back to the Shire, and we still have to deal with the Shire, you know? Um, but I, I think e even more so, George has kind of said, this is where I think I want to end it. It's not over. And I actually went back and I watched the HBO kind of documentary where, they, um, where, where D&D are talking about when they go to George, he had, he, the ending was not, in, in their words, finished. It's not finished, and he doesn't. I mean, he may know where he wants characters to kind of relatively end up, but that's why I've said, and I've heard numerous people. We've gotten ravens about it. You have Winds of Winter coming out, and I'm telling you right now, it would not surprise me at all if we had maybe even two more books to come. Just that George is like, I'm never gonna. I, I don't know if he's ever gonna get there or what's gonna happen, but I think in his mind, this stretches much longer and further than he anticipated. This keeps growing. And he wants to tie, he wants to weave in some of this stuff from Summerhall, um, the Dunkin' Egg series, just the fact that he's interested in that and that he's put time and effort into that while he is writing um, the main series shows you that it's connected, shows you that there are parallels to it, and he leaves it out of a world of ice and fire. So it is something we should look at more, almost more so than, the, you know, uh, uh, the, the Tower of Joy or the Tourney at Harrenhal. Like, the events there are going to matter I believe in this series. I don't know how, uh, what the deal is, but it's foreshadowing. There's prophecy, and somehow those characters still could be freaking alive and and could come back as as interesting players, uh, like a resurgence of House Targaryen. So I don't know. It's crazy. No, it's good. It's good. It's let it, guys, let us know. 
Like, give yeah. us, shoot us a, shoot us a, a Raven, you know, leave it, leave us a comment and let us know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think happened at summer hall? Uh, was it just yeah. what, was it just what we, what we heard or what's, you know, what's the missing piece out of, uh, out of that, that, that kind of description we get in, in a world, in a world of ice and fire is Duncan, the tall still alive. Is he cold hands? What happened? Guys, yeah. let us know. Shoot us a a uh, a, a raven on it. So, yep. all right, uh, guys, that's kind of our show for today. As do you have anything? Anything uh, left? No, I mean, really, that that's great. Again, I'd love to get thoughts on Summer Hall. I think that'd be fantastic. Um, also, friends, I want to give a quick shout out to um, our patrons who support us. We always shout them out at the top of the show. Um, we do have, I think, a special surprise coming soon in the next few episodes we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. um, regarding Patreon. Um, I, I believe this coming weekend, we're going to have our um, our Bannerman Zoom chat. And I've asked folks to kind of bring some next. of your... Is, I think it's next weekend. Yeah, it's this, it's this, no, it? it's this coming it's this yeah. coming weekend. Yeah, it's this coming yeah, weekend. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be is that October? What is that? The third. Third. Yeah, mm. o- October third. So put that on your calendar. Tell tell your friends if you're a bannerman, get in there. We want to have chats. We we actually want to record that session. So we're gonna be. I think it's at. Um, it's three uh, three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. Eastern, some yep. other time if you live somewhere else. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then there's like daylight saving. I don't know. You know yeah. I, yeah. I know. I know. It's great. Yeah. But no, that's that's our plan for this Saturday. Um, we're gonna start off. It's it's gonna be a really good Zoom. I'm hoping p- folks can make it. I've talked to a few of our bannermen in there. I want to record that and I want to make some YouTube content out of it. So people are bringing some thoughts, some theories, just questions for the group. We're gonna discuss it in kind of a great council. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And then afterwards. We'll continue as we always do uh, with our our drinks and uh, and just and just have Happy, a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so. all right, guys. Well, just another one one quick little uh, shameless plug here. You can follow myself just about anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros. It's all one word, and you can follow Ez pretty much anywhere at Womp Rat underscore. To M, just like his sign says right there. I got to get me one of those because that is <laughs> super cool. So, yeah. all right, guys, with that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing chapter 37, Theon 3 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming. <laughs>